0: this week on Beyond Stillness, Stories After Stroke. We will hear from guest Roz Himes. She'll offer her story entitled, My Encore Life. She shares about ways she prepared herself to return to work as a special education teacher. She offers tips for overcoming fear and preparing for life outside the house. She urges others to find creative ways to continue to live their own passion and purpose. Thank you for joining us for part one, Roz Himes' story. Hello and welcome to Beyond Stillness. Stroke offers a powerful, life-changing shift in perspective. Each colorful memory creates a parable for life's greater teachings, a compass for journeys ahead, and inspired wisdom for unique growth. This radio show, Beyond Stillness, offers an hour of pause for storytelling and reflection. Ultimately, Beyond Stillness is a welcoming environment that reveres the moment beyond Stroke's paralysis. Still moments unite humanity and divinity. I'm your host, Molly Bucola. Today's guest is a stroke warrior. She wears many hats as a military spouse, mother, bonus mom, and duck keeper. She's a CPR survivor registered behavior technician, special education teacher, RV owner, and one half of the Roz and Clay show. Today, we welcome Roz Himes. Her story is entitled, My Encore Life. But before we begin today, we'll take a moment, a moment of pause. As stroke survivors or stroke warriors, as some call us, we undoubtedly experience obstacles. These obstacles can be daunting. Today, we think about the obstacles we have overcome to this point in our recovery. We acknowledge the preparation, the persistence, and the problem solving we've used to address our difficulties. We are thankful for these characteristics within ourselves that have helped us overcome. And we are thankful for those in our lives who have supported us throughout the process. We're thankful for our friends, family, caregivers, therapists, doctors, support groups, all the people who have helped us overcome our own doubt Fears while pushing through, towards, over, around our perceived obstacles. At this point, we also ask for the strength and courage to share our gifts, our talents, time, and experiences to help those facing their own obstacles in recovery. May they, too, overcome and grow through grace.
1: Romans eight, twenty-six 26-30 Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's Spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us making prayer out of our wordless sighs, our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves, knows our pregnant condition, and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that in every detail in our lives of love for God is worked out into something good. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning he decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who loved him along the same lines as the life of his son. The son stands first in the line of humanity he restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him. After God made that decision of what his children should be like, he followed it up by calling people by name, After he called them by name, he set them aside on a solid basis with himself, and then, after getting them established, he stayed with them to the end, gloriously completing what he had begun.
2: When I first thought of returning to the classroom, I was overcome by fear of other people's opinions. I knew offering my talents in the classroom was part of living my purpose, but in this moment... My fear was holding me back as much as my body. Are people prejudiced against me in a wheelchair? Will this new town and school community accept me? How will the adults view me? Will they fire me as a substitute because I'm in a wheelchair? What happens if they yell at me that I have a service dog? My big sun hat and glasses control the light coming in, but I wonder if others think I'm trying to keep them out too. I don't often talk about my fear. I don't like to say it aloud. Instead, I write the fears down, then address them in writing. I take each fear in question and break it down. I do excessive research and practice responses by going through scenarios with my therapist and husband, Clay. I'm obsessive about worst-case scenario- scenarios and pros and cons. So... I do my research and preparation in order to address each. All in all, my mantra is, I do my best and let God do the rest. Another helpful approach to my fears is to combat them with friendliness. My fear shows up in random acts of kindness and excessive greetings. Since the stroke, I've become way more outgoing. I give compliments left and right and try to combat fear with optimism too. This is a helpful tool because I tend to take on this persona that envelops me so, when people respond kindly, they squash my fear of their opinions. With tools to combat my fear, I knew the next step was just to show up. Finally, after 70 months of therapy, I was ready for the one day when I could return to work. I was ready to return to the classroom where I'm at home, fulfilling my purpose. My mission has always been to change the world, one child at a time. You got this, my husband Clay encouraged rather loudly as he unfolded my wheelchair outside the Jeep door. He swung my legs out of the Jeep and I landed both feet on the smooth black top of this sleepy school parking lot. It was a beautiful, crisp November morning. A blanket of yellow and orange leaves covered the football field of our local middle school in Arkansas. This was my first assignment as a substitute teacher, a very different role than the dream career I was forced to leave after suffering a hemorrhagic stroke nearly six years ago. Will this be my triumphant or tragic return to the classroom? I asked myself, Roz, you have trained for 70 months for this moment. Do it afraid like you've done to every therapy session. Showing up is half the battle. Just show up. The school buses began to file into the bustling middle school. At 7 a.m., it's five hours before my sleep medication naturally wears off. I look at my service dog who signals me to get in my wheelchair. The time has come. November 8, 2023. I scroll through my medical checklist in my head. Med bag, check. Blood pressure watch, check. Travel cup of coconut water with straw, check. Medical alert necklace, check. Cane, check. I confirm Clay included snacks for me in my newly minted substitute bag. I followed Clay into the stream of hustle and bustle towards the school as my heart beat loudly in my throat. I see middle schoolers on both sides of me as I greet, "'Good morning, good morning, good morning!' "'Good morning,' they reply, smiling behind their COVID masks as they spot my chihuahua service dog leading me from the basket below. We abruptly stop at the metal detector as we're greeted by the vice principal. "'Good morning!' I'm the substitute for your wonderful Mrs. Edwards Career Opportunities class, and this is my equipment manager, Mr. Himes, and my service dog, Bambi. When I entered the room, the dozen or so students who sat in front of me were perplexed in seeing me instead of Mrs. Edwards, but they were even more perplexed to see me in my wheelchair. I peppered them with good mornings while employing each in the roll taking process. They marked a check next to their names Why? I coded their names with their faces. After a few minutes, Tiana, a tall eighth grader who had politely greeted me in the hall, burst out, Aw, you have a puppy. Within an instant, they all hopped out of their seats and circled me with eager eyes, peering over mass and asked, Can I pet your dog? After introducing Bambi to each, a student burst out, Why are you in a wheelchair? I promised that I'd answer after they finished the first part of their work. I told them how excited I was to get to know each of them, too. When hearing this shared interest, they each sat back down and diligently went to work. Jacoby wasn't sold. While the others were working, Jacoby burst out, Can we go to the gym? All subs take us to the gym because they hate kids. Not today. It's not on the schedule that Mrs. Edwards left, and I love all kids. That's why I'm here. His eyes were incredulous. He pulled his mask down and exclaimed, what? I repeated, I love all kids. That's why I'm here. Throughout our day together, that class of a dozen or so perked up. They completed their work and were enthusiastic about our interactions. Their curiosity about my life sparked my curiosity about theirs. I can honestly say that their preconceived notions about substitutes dissipated as fast as my fears about teaching again. My world was changed by one student at a time. At the end of the school day, I returned to the school office full of energetic parents, kids, and the principal, Mr. Rochelle. The parents and students all loved seeing Bambi in my wheelchair basket and greeted me warmly. Mr. Rochelle looked right at me as I was signing out and asked, Mrs. Himes, how did your day go? I was thankful that he took the time to ask. And again, my ears were smashed with his attention and kindness. All day long, people from the school community were engaging and helpful. The adults did, in fact, accept me. And Bammy was the star player. Maybe they saw through my son hat and glasses. Maybe they noticed my fear. I'm so thankful they welcomed me. Before leaving, Mr. Rochelle even invited me to return in a few months to speak during career day. The school sent a note to the substitute agency saying, Mrs. Himes did a really fine job and we'd love to have her back anytime. Though I was prepared, none of my worst case scenarios came true. I did my best and God did the rest. I spent 10 years of my professional life in education before my stroke. It was my passion. It was my purpose. And now I can say it still is. I love helping people. It's important to me that I face my fears and work to overcome the physical and mental challenges so that I can continue my passion to help people. I believe I was born to help. I strive to do that daily. At this point in my life, 72 months after my stroke, I volunteer at our local elementary school in the literacy program. I love the littles. I relearned to read after my stroke just six years ago. So I try to share strategies for my stroke recovery with them. We work with syllables and pictures. We explore, learn, and laugh together. The foundation of reading opens whole new worlds to them. When I was little, reading was my escape to different worlds. In this way, I share my passion for reading and purpose in life with them. I'm also on call for the teachers I worked with in Texas. They often reach out asking advice on how to best support their students with disabilities. I love problem solving. A few years ago we left Texas for Arkansas where we bought a lake house. I do miss my school community in Texas but now I live under the towering pine and white oak trees. When the wind blows through them it sounds like the wings of angels. It reminds me of my second chance and that life is short. I feel at peace when I look out at the water and breathe the fresh air. I'm thankful for the opportunity to live in such a peaceful area. We raise ducks and donate their eggs to the local food bank. This is another way I try to help others. The sound of angel wings remind me that my time is in God's hands. 20 years ago, I visited heaven for 12 minutes, but was kicked out. I have a lot to accomplish until I return to heaven. I try to help as many people as I can. I want to make a difference in other people's lives. Someone once told me that you spell love T-I-M-E and I hope to devote much of my T-I-M-E on earth, loving others. It's important to fulfill my purpose day by day. I also think it's important for me to articulate my passion and purpose with the stroke community because it's my hope that each person affected by stroke cultivates their passion and lives with purpose. Not only does it help my recovery,
0: I believe it helps everyone around me. Roz, thank you so much for taking time today and throughout the past five weeks or so that we've been meeting in order to prepare your story. It's really been a blessing to me to be able to hear your story and the ways that you navigate your obstacles. So thank you for sharing with us. Absolutely, Molly. It's been my pleasure. Yeah, I love it. So before we close today, let us take a moment. Let us take a moment to call to mind the people. Raj mentioned many different people that have helped her throughout her recovery process. Let us send those people thoughts of gratitude and hold them in our hearts. We're thankful for the extra T I M E. Help us share our time in loving ways. Help us be patient with one another. Help us see the world as a wonderful world, as we overcome our hardships. May we share our strengths and our talents with other people. and know that we have purpose in this world. Today we offer our thanks. Thank you for devoting time and space to listen to part one, Roz Himes' story. Stick with us for part two, Roz Himes' interview. Each colorful memory creates a parable for life's greater teachings, a compass for journeys ahead, and inspired wisdom for unique growth. In this episode of Beyond Stillness, guest Roz Haim offered her story entitled, My Encore Life. She shared about ways she prepared herself to return to work as a special education teacher. She offered tips for overcoming fear And preparing for life outside the house, she urged others to find creative ways to continue to live their own passion and purpose. If you enjoyed this moment of pause for storytelling and reflection, please like, share, or subscribe to the Beyond Stillness Stories After Stroke podcast. Again, thanks for listening. And remember, as part of the stroke community, you are more than supportive. You are inspirational. If you've enjoyed this moment of pause for storytelling and reflection, please like, share, or subscribe to the Beyond Stillness Stories After Stroke podcast. Again, thanks for listening. And remember, as part of the Stroke community, you are are more than supportive, you are inspirational. If you are part of the stroke community and have a story you'd like to share on the show, please contact us, email m-o-l-l-y at beyondstillness.org.